to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me as I, uh, I'm still, I'm not in tears, but you know, I'm, I'm still reeling. Justin, it's a, it's been a hard, hard week. Well, I guess what was it Saturday? It feels like a week. I, it's only yeah. It, it's been very, very difficult for me not to consistently send you gifts or memes all week long. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so you know. I mean, and the, here's the problem is, you know, you're a Wings fan. So, I mean, generally in <laughs> sports, it's more like, a, you know, you could send me that and I would say like, well, I mean, at least my team made the playoffs in the last five years. And and to that, you would say at least my team's won the Stanley Cup four times in the last 20 years, you know, like or <laughs> 25 years still um, more times than you know, the Leafs have even been to the Stanley Cup finals. To the second round. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. no, the second round, they've been to the second round. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah, there's just not much I can say to a, to a Red Wings fan, you know? Just, I just, I I guess I take solace in knowing that, uh, I don't know, we, it was it was like the first time that we didn't beat ourselves, maybe in the last couple of years. Like, the first loss to Boston... You can maybe you'd probably say Boston was the better team. I think the second time, the Leafs up three two, they beat themselves. Leafs uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're just gonna throw out the bubble. That was stupid. Um, <laughs> and then Leafs to Montreal, they threw it away. At least this series was like, yes, they lost two in a row. They absolutely could have won Game Six. You know, you get the right bounce and you win. The officiating was, eh, it wasn't the best. It, it definitely was probably the most controversial in the first round. Um, and then, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Game seven? Freaking, of course, I mean, Tampa Bay, honestly, here's the difference. Tampa Bay spends a first-round pick on Nick Paul and the Leafs. They don't spend a first-round pick on bringing someone in that could solidify that, that bottom six. And Tampa moves on. And that ultimately, that was, in some ways, the difference. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think... Um I mean, look, the reason they're the Stanley Cup champs, right, for the last two years because they had that depth scoring on that third line. They? Was, I, I, I didn't think that ESPN or TNT <laughs> talked about that enough. <laughs> I know, right? It, uh, I, I will say, the, the, especially on ESPN, dude, I'm going to be honest, I, I don't think he's ever going to come on our show, so I'm just going to say this. Like, I thought that John Butchergrass was just awful as a play-by-play guy. Just like one of the worst that I've ever heard on national in a national broadcast. It was, Ooh. he was just unlistenable. I, I did not like it. And I actually really liked John Butcher Gross. I always liked him when he did ESPN stuff in the past. I've got no problems with him. I just did not like, I guess I didn't like his tone. I didn't like, I didn't like much about what he, what he, how he went about his business. I, I just didn't like it. And uh, it, it, like, pissed me off all the more. It actually made me... I pay for the, like, you know, Sling TV or whatever and so I can watch ESPN. And I actually went and pirated the, the stream so I could watch Sportsnet because it was so bad. <laughs> I couldn't listen to it anymore. Yeah, I will say this. I have ESPN Plus and, um, you know, when I am, like... When, when you, like, click on a hockey game on ESPN Plus, it'll give you the option. It'll, it'll ask you which teams, you know... Uh, right, which you know, stream, network you yeah. want to watch? Yeah, and I always, without a doubt, if they're playing a Canadian team, I'll take the Canadian broadcast. Just because one, I mean, I, the you know the announcers are usually way better at it, but two, it's just 
they give better camera angles too. And uh, no knock on ESPN, I think they're doing a much better job than uh, you know with TNT, TBS than you know what we were getting. With oh, NBC. I think there's great competition between the two. Yeah, I think yeah. it's making a better product. I, I and hey, this is year one. I'm I'm willing to give the pass. I just really didn't like John Butchergrass as a play by <laughs> as a play by play guy. Fair. Okay. He can Fair. he can be on a on an analyst show, you know, a little panel show or something, and be in the whole. I just I just didn't like it, but. Uh, even even in ga- in like games where the Leafs were winning, I was not enjoying it. So uh, it had nothing to do with the outcome. I just really didn't like it. But uh, yeah, I I just felt like everything. Oh my gosh, dude, Keith Jones, that guy has the biggest hard on for everyone on the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was unbelievable how like how much he wanted Vasilevsky to be alone with him in a hotel room, like. It was it was crazy. I, I I just couldn't believe the bias on a national broadcast. And I get it's an American team. I get they just won the cup, but like it's Tampa. I I mean, realistically, in a TV market, the 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 Tampa Bay TV market isn't very big compared to many others. Like, there's a good chance that there were still more Leafs fans watching that game in an American broadcast than there were Tampa Bay fans. That, I, at least it would be pretty darn close to the middle. And I just thought that it was very biased towards the Lightning. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of that in a national broadcast. In a in a local broadcast, they would pump the tires of your local team, be freaking Mickey Redmond, do what you got to do, and, and just like love on your team. That's fine. But the national broadcast, mm, not a big fan. Especially when you've got Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Like there's no shortage of really good players to talk about on the Leafs too. But hey. All yeah, right. I, yeah. Soapbox. <laughs> I, I'm going to tear down the soapbox now. Dude, okay, yeah, so back to the third line, right? So, right, there's your difference, in my opinion, and you, you watch Braden Point go down there in Game 7, and obviously, you know, Nick Paul steps in, and that's where, you know, spending that first-round pick comes in hand yep. uh, because now you've got a guy who can fill in both the, defensively in the face-off circle. You don't really look like you're missing a beat. Obviously, he's, you know, on regular season, and, you know, the rest of the series, really, he wasn't much of a factor as far as offensive production, but, um, you know, this game, it, you know, that's, I mean, that's usually what happens, right? When, when you need it the most, you get guys outside of those top players that need to step up and, you know, he does it. And, uh, you know, you look at guys like, you know, David Camp, uh, Andre Kasha, you know, Michael Bunting, their, their production was, you know, less than, you know, less than stellar. I mean, I didn't expect, you know, all worldly numbers from them, but, um, Gosh, I mean, you know, Nylander, Marner, and Matthews—they stepped up. They did what they could, and and, and Tavares was 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 very good in the light, the later half of that series. Like game six, he yes. basically won it for the Leafs by himself. He should have had that goal in game seven, ugh, the one that was called back. Um, it was a, it, yeah. it. I mean, it is a pick play, but it it's was still a pick kind play. of like yeah, like come on, really, like. Yeah, would it have really made that much of a difference if he had not picked them? He probably still like since scored. when are we calling that? Dude, that know, series right. was like the beginning of that series was. It was just dreadful. Like the officiating in that series just was. Th- there was no consistency. It was like an insane amount of calls in the first few games. Each team getting like six six power play. Like it was it was so slow and drudged out because of all these whistles and it just was bad hockey and uh, and I like I get you got to still call the rule book, but like there are just some, it was overly picky. It was like, it was more picky than the regular season. 
and then all of a sudden in game six, game seven, they're like, mm, let's put the whistles away. Tampa Bay's down. Time to put the whistle away. You know, that's uh, that's just how it felt. But uh, yeah, and I mean, look, it, Toronto's special teams weren't really that great. I mean, their power play was only fourteen point three percent, right? I mean, that's that's an area where you know, in my opinion, coaching needs to come into play a little bit better there. And so, um, you know, I know a lot of fans are going to be. I, I mean, now that it's kind of the dust is settled, right? You're not screaming blow this team up now because they just can't get past the first round. I, I think if anything, right, coaching is maybe an area you can look at because 14.3% is just not that great. Uh, only less than 80% on the on the penalty kill there. And granted, yes, it is Tampa Bay, but still, you got to be a little bit better. You gotta you gotta shut down that Tampa Bay power play because that's I mean that's really how they can kill you too. And special right. teams is usually always a factor in these these kind of close series when you have two teams that can really put up a lot of goals and. Yep. Granted, the Florida Panthers uh, are 0% on their power play. I have no idea how. Like They're the Washington, first team ever, I believe, to win a seven-game series and not score a single power play goal. <laughs> yeah, they – I mean, geez, the Capitals did a great job. There's, I mean, no doubt about it. And I think, um, you know, Andrew Burnett, uh, you know, maybe now we're starting to see, is he really, like – can he really lead a team like this over the hump and get them to the Stanley Cup Finals? I don't know. Um, you know, they they looked just god awful against Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa start, Bay so. just did exactly what Washington did to them. They just took that. They took the mantle and went, okay. You know, you may maybe didn't have the talent to beat them in seven, uh, but we do. <laughs> right. And and frankly, Nikita Kucherov, pretty sure he was like, I heard he was maybe sick in the almost the whole first round. Mm-hmm. So you weren't even getting a full full blown Kucherov, maybe like ugh, that's a scary, scary uh, prospect for the Florida Panthers. But I, I expect they'll be better tonight. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you, know, you you may know the score already, and uh, you might be laughing at me. Uh, I don't think we'll see another uh, sixty nine. Oh jeez, it's so funny. Like, how often do you see a 6-9 score where you're actually looking at the score box and it says 69? It's funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the uh, I, I think that the, the Panthers and the Leafs are very similar. Um, so, uh, to me, Tampa's probably going to play them pretty similarly, too. Like, you're going to try and slow them down. They're, they're a fast team. Uh, and... You just got to take advantage of those those spots, like they're they're little mistakes, uh, and they did that in game one. We'll see we'll see what happens uh, with the rest of that series. Um, I have the Florida Panthers winning in. Did I say se- I think I said seven games. You said seven, and so yeah. did I. And yeah. um, but let me ask you this though, you know, as a Maple Leafs die hard, and um, you know, I have obviously my thoughts what I would do with this team, but I just want to ask you, you know, now that the dust has settled, you kind of you know let those emotions. Um, I don't, I don't know what the right word would be for it right simmer. now, but simmer. Yes. Uh, if you, I mean, if you had free reigns, if you were Kyle Dubas, what would you be doing to correct or fix this team? Or would you not do anything at all? Well, I don't think that you can do what I would want to do. Um, and that would be probably it, it's, it's not so much that I don't like John Tavares is that I don't like his cap number, but that's the whole reason why you're not going to get rid of him. So I think you're stuck with him. Uh, so there's not much you can do there. I don't want to trade Nylander because he's actually affordable and he's he's a very good player. Like 
A, you got to have, I mean, last year in the playoffs, he led the team in points. It's not as if Nylander disappears in the playoffs. I'm not worried in, about Nylander. I think he's he's paid the correct amount. Like, he, he is like, he's not the problem. Um, to me, the problem is is really just that that bottom six, there isn't a whole lot of dynamic talent down there. Uh, and I, th- I think the reason why is they've just kind of been a little slow to, uh, to allow some younger players to come up through their system. And I think that it's time uh, to maybe start to expose the Nick Robertsons and like giving these guys a real opportunity to, uh, to make this team. And they're you know they're getting paid league minimum or not league minimum but like on their their ELC so uh, you can afford those guys and uh, that's where I'd like to see the Leafs uh, you know I'd like to see their draft picks make waves and I think that that's that's probably the way that they're going to be able to win going forward is I, the reclamation projects are great uh, I think it's time to say bye bye to. Uh, to Jason Spezza, I think it's time to say goodbye to Wayne Simmons. Like at this point, you don't need those. You don't need the old guys. Old guys with no cup. Like the OGNCs. There you don't need them anymore. Uh, you don't need those guys to lead you. You've got a core group of guys who can lead you. Now get younger players around them. Like Bunting this year. I mean, Bunting should be the perfect example. I know he's twenty five or twenty six. Uh, but I mean He's he, taught, he was Calder Trophy candidate, uh, and you put him up with Matthews and Marner, and look what happened to him. So I think you you just got to keep on plugging your your roster, not necessarily with these really old grizzly veterans who can't skate worth a lick. Like you got to just put these young guys in and let speed take over the entire lineup, not just not just that that top six. So. I think it's time for a little bit of youth infusion, uh, and and get those get those veterans out who, frankly, have obviously not helped that much. <laughs> they haven't helped win around. Yeah. Uh, so that's I like realistically what they can do is that you know you can you can give your give your younger guys the opportunity to uh, see what they can do. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's going to be a, a challenge, right? I mean, finding those guys that can fill in on that bottom six. And, I mean, you look at, right, the team I look at that was up against the cap and really had to be creative and still be competitive, right, was the Chicago Blackhawks, right? When they had Tane and Caves, I mean, they still do, but even when the salary cap was less, they were drafting well and they were finding these guys at minimal cost they would bring in, right, and fill in, and that, that's how they would be, you know, I mean, that's part of their success, was was getting those cheaper guys to contribute and that's I mean that's a challenge for any team and every team would love to find those guys that can do that on the bottom six for you know one and a half million bucks but there's not a ton of them out there so yeah I agree with you I think you know obviously if, if I could do anything I would jettison Tavares and try to find you know help elsewhere but um, you know I'm, I'm worried that this team might overreact and go trade William Nylander because he's their biggest trade asset and it will get you your yeah, biggest he's, return. He's the easiest one to trade right like right and I mean, for what you're paying him and what he brings offensively, yes, maybe his defensive game isn't really there. And sometimes you watch him on the ice, and you know he just kind of like looks like he's just going through the motions. But other times he looks like he could be a top 15 guy in the league. He's the best so, player on the ice. I know. Sometimes, it, and the, yeah, he's he's. It, you know, he kind of reminds me, me of. Kind of reminds me of Alex Kovalev. Ooh, 
Alex Kovalev just always man that guy could be the best player on the on the ice and then other times you were like where is he <laughs> like what's yeah. happening and uh, he was just such a frustrating guy to watch but uh, when he was on he was on like there was very few few guys better than Nylander when he's on uh, but it's just a matter of you know that maturing and and I think the Washington Capitals are the perfect example like look to that and go they had heartbreak many heartbreaks and they yes they did make it out of the first round but like they made it out of the first round uh, they weren't winning the cups they weren't winning multiple rounds like it was it was consistently very frustrating blowing leads in series yada yada I mean it's funny that both them and the Leafs have blown a 3-1 series lead to the Montreal Canadiens due to a hot goalie <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think you gotta look to them and go you know we it's it would be silly to blow this up and the one mistake you don't want to make is go oh let's go and bring in a totally different coach like a, a totally different someone who's like let's go to the defensive side and make this a really defensive team no don't don't do that although i did have for a second there had this like what if the leafs could get barry trotz what would that look like uh, right? but barry trotz is not that guy he's the guy who goes what do we have let's play to our strength and let's go and hey let's be responsible defensively but he's yeah. the i mean he he was like the one who opened the floodgates back up for for Ovechkin after being uh, being held back by what Adam Oates and all that. So yeah. Oh, let's put him back on the the other wing where he actually belongs, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned goaltenders, and I want to ask you before we move on and get away from Toronto because you know we'll spend all day talking about this. But uh, Morazic is he getting bought out? Jack Campbell is he back as the starter? Uh, I I. Th- I think you got to look for a deal for Mrazic. You got to try to trade him, and I, I, I don't think you'll have a ton of issues trying to trade him. Well, shouldn't be too bad. Uh, I don't know okay. if that they'll buy him out, but I think they'll try to trade him, and I think they, they do re-sign Jack Campbell. I think it's just it's a perfect fit. He played amazing in that series. He, he did. He didn't win the series. He didn't lose the series for him, but he also didn't steal any games either. So I think you know, again, he's he's a fine goaltender. I got no problems with him. Yeah, I mean they. You know the the game he gets a shutout in. It's a five nothing game, so it's not his fault they scored a bunch. He still stopped every puck in the game. That's that's his job. He stopped every puck. Um, but yeah, like I don't know that you're going to go out and be able to find a better goaltender in free agency. So I think you lock him up as long as you're not overpaying for him. I I think it's a it's a it's a good marriage there. Um, hopefully, it's not a super long deal. Now, there's one more thing that I think that the Leafs should do that they won't do. The Leafs must tell John Tavares, we we love you. However, we are going to turn this team over to Austin Matthews. He is, he is the leader of the future. You have led these kids and shown them how to be a pro. And it's Austin's turn to take the helm. We're going to give him the captaincy. And uh, we, we want to just change the culture a little bit. And throw that C onto Austin Matthews' jersey and shake things up. Like, you want to shake things up? That would shake things up. That would make it a little awkward at first, I think. But I think you would see a different level from Austin Matthews. And I think it would take a little pressure off of John Tavares. He could be, you know, he could still be an alternate, and he could just be one of the guys. And, and hey, if you take, if you got the right voices in that locker room, it won't make a world of difference, right? I mean, it won't hurt you, anyways, yeah, right? Right. And 
you look if at he, Thanos, if, he, if he's bought in like if Tavares is yeah. like yeah I don't really like I don't need this C to to do that and like and other people you know it just I I I just think that it's his team it needs to be turned over to him now and uh, I mean he, he carried that team in the in the playoffs he's he's unbelievable I mean him and Marner couldn't have done any more <laughs> than what they did in that series uh, aside from scoring in Game Seven but I mean oh no they did. <laughs> They did score that goal, I think. Uh, but, <sighs> but anyways, uh, we'll uh, sure we'll talk Leafs again. Um, other series that uh, that we didn't get to talk about. Um, well, you know what? Do you want to just uh, do you want to just roll into uh, into the current series and let and we'll just like let the the two teams that won will will just throw back to the series that they came from. Well, Why not? We'll do something like that just to uh, to move it along because you know we spent twenty minutes on the Leafs. <laughs> uh, I'm not mad about it, and uh, neither is my brother who's listening right now. Uh, but uh, let's let's just go to that Battle of Alberta because that is uh, we I alluded to the 69 score. Uh, of course, Calgary winning Game One nine six, and uh, both those teams narrowly escaping. Their underdog opponent, the Calgary Flames, the beating the Dallas Stars and the Edmonton Oilers, the L.A. Kings. Um, what do you What do you think of this series? I mean, fifteen goals in Game One. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm. You know what? I'm not surprised. I, I knew there was. I was. Well, actually, I should say I'm a little surprised. I expected maybe a five four four to three type game. Dude, but, Calgary uh, could not score a goal against the Dallas Stars. Just, oh gosh, what was it? I read that they they only scored. There was like fourteen goals scored uh, through the first four games of their series with Dallas, and now they go out and score fifteen in this this game. I mean, it's it's crazy, right? They yeah, yeah. they turned it on, and I mean, look, Calgary has got way more depth than the Edmonton Oilers uh, as far as the forward group is concerned, and even on the back end for that matter. Um, you know, I I think Mike Smith will be better. Jacob Markstrom will be better. He let in some just awful goals right over the glove side i just remember turning on the game it was uh gosh three to three to nothing or something like that and just a simple shot he's he's you know protecting the the near side of the post with the blocker hugging it and just it goes right over his glove hand like he didn't even try it looked like i don't i don't know what was going on but uh man it's um you know i think it'll be a totally different game for game two for sure they won't be scoring that many goals and i think as the series goes on it's going to get a little bit more chirpy uh, Lucic is probably going to start, uh, or Kachuk it was. I, I loved it when he mentioned freaking, uh, he was chirping Kane about money situations like, hey, can I borrow some money? And, dude, I was just dying. Oh, oh I didn't hear that. Dying. <laughs> and the best, the best thing about this whole entire game, one, was Brady Kachuk, in my opinion. I don't know if you saw it either, but so after Matthew Kachuk hits the hat trick, you know, Brady's just cheering on. And, of course, he's, you know, every once in a while you'll catch him on TV and he's screaming, go, sends, go. But he's freaking walking around with a Bud Light in one hand and turns to go back up the stairs. And what makes him a legend, in my opinion, is in his two back pockets, he's got two more Bud Lights stuck in there. <laughs> like, yes. bro is having the time of his life. Yes, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dude, I love it. But, I mean, look, uh, this series is going to be fun. Connor McDavid is going to do his damnedest to to will this team past Calgary. Honestly, I've, I've got, you know, I've got Calgary winning this in six. You've got them in seven. And there's a reason we both pick Calgary. They're just deeper. They're better coached, in my opinion. And really, it's just, you know, if you had to come down to goaltending, too. I mean, Mike Smith is, 
is going to be okay, but I don't think he's going to steal you any games because this Calgary offense is a lot more high-flying than L.A.'s was. So, Dude, Connor McDavid has 18 points in eight He's games. killing it. I mean, he's he is on pace. If he were to if he were to go and uh, I he he's pretty darn close to uh, to to being in that Gretzky record range for playoff <laughs> points, which I believe is like forty eight points or something like that. Um, At this pace, I mean, he might he could get there if he can find a way past Calgary. Uh, I mean, in three rounds, he could probably hit <laughs> thirty plus points. So, <laughs> right, right, yeah, it's uh, which is. Any to anyone getting more than, uh, more than, yeah, more than thirty points in a playoff year, year, yeah, forty-seven is how many Gretzky had uh, in eighty-four, eighty-five when they won the cup. He, thing is, he did that in eighteen games. Eighteen. <laughs> the next most is Lemieux at forty-four, and he did that in twenty-three games. And then Gretzky mm. did it again, forty-three in nineteen games, forty in twenty-four games. And thirty-eight in just sixteen games. <laughs> wow! So uh, yeah, the 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 highest scoring player, not on the Oilers, or named Mario Lemieux, is actually Evgeny Malkin in oh eight oh nine when they beat the Red Wings. Uh, he had thirty six points in twenty four games. Wow! I forgot about that. Yeah, that's uh well, and and then the next most is Kucherov in nineteen twenty. He had. Uh, he had 34 points. Only seven mm. goals, though. A paltry seven goals. A paltry. So, um, yeah, the, you know, when it comes to that, that Calgary-Edmonton series, uh, I, I mean, you got to think game two is going to be different because, yeah, is Mike Smith going to get pulled in the first six minutes of the game? No. Um, two goals in the first 51 seconds of a game are just – that's not going to happen again. Uh, the Oilers won't get caught off guard that way. Uh, and I, you know, I I look at this series and I just I I picked Calgary, but man, it just seems like this year uh, McDavid and Drysaitel are kind of playing on a different playoff level. Like they're playing like they do in the regular season in the playoffs for the first time. Well, apparently Drysaitel is is hurt right he's not 100 percent healthy so um Could have you know imagine me. if he <laughs> you know gets healthy or you know figures it out My right gosh. right yeah so i mean they, they and you know the fact that edmonton almost they made it a game you know they make it six or they they tie the game at six i mean it's just unbelievable um coming back but they obviously they they just couldn't hold on in the third period there but I mean, this series could go anywhere. <laughs> we might see right. the, there's a possibility we're going to get 50 goals, 60 goals in this series, <laughs> which is which is crazy. If if we were to get 50 goals in like a seven game series, would be a, a pretty remarkably high scoring series. Uh, that'd be like seven goals a game. Well, that's a uh, pretty high scoring for the playoffs too. For the playoffs. Um, but we both have Calgary in seven. So we both have Calgary in seven, and we both have Florida in seven. Or no, you have Calgary in six. Yeah, but still close enough. And then uh, you picked Florida in seven, so you said? I, yeah, yeah, got them in seven. I know you told me you were going to surprise me with your picks, so I I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the next two series are where it's at there. But Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Avalanche kind of cruised past the Preds. We talked about that series already, and the, the Blues – 
uh, they they end up kind of dusting off the Minnesota Wild and uh, and winning it for in six games. I did you say six games, St. Louis? In that first series? No, I, I said Minnesota would win it in seven. Oh, you okay. had St. Louis in six. I said, yeah, that's right. It was me, wasn't it? <laughs> that wasn't actually a dig. <laughs> I just, I totally, off the top of my head, I, I got some documents somewhere saying it, but I, uh, I'm glad you remember. You've got a better I've got memory it than I down here right on, my, uh, right on my desk. Oh, so. beautiful. I love So you keep that at your desk to look at it and be like, freaking A marks ahead of me in this series. Well, I, I kept track of points, right? If you call the, the correct team. And then you get a point if you call the correct number, amount of games. You get a point. Ah, okay. So you're beating me. You're beating me ten to eight right now. So oh, yeah. I gotta catch up. Well, uh, so if if you pick the right game, the right amount of games, but your the team loses, you score one point. No, no, no. You got to get the right team too. Okay, okay. I was gonna say yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, this the St. Louis Blues Avalanche series. I mean, obviously, game one it was a fantastic game, uh, going to overtime and. Now, you know, things you're going to settle in here a little bit. Like that was to me that was very typical game 1 like the the team that maybe has played a little bit more is kind of on, you know, they they scored early in the first period and uh and and got things going for themselves. Um Jordan Cairo is just he's just like no, there's there's not really any other player in the league like Jordan Cairo right now uh, scoring that power play goal and I mean, really, overtime was just a nice little wrister from the blue line by Josh Manson. But uh, you wonder, you know, was that the game that the St. Louis Blues needed to have to win this series? Like, can they do this every time against the Avs? Because I got to think that there's some uh, some beast games coming from the Avs. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I was shocked to see St. Louis take apart Minnesota so easily. But, of course, they did not get... Uh, Quite the goaltending I wanted, and personally, not the I wasn't scoring. at all. It's what I predicted. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> shit. The St. Louis is <laughs> look. St. Louis is getting production from like the regular season. It was Pavel Bunevich, you know, Bunevich. It was Jordan Cairo, um, Robert Thomas, and now in the playoffs, hey. it's these guys and Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron and Tarasenko. They're all clicking, which is why they just rolled through Minnesota so easily, and. So I think if these guys continue to roll, Jordan Bingington looks like he's taken it to a whole other level. Like he's back to like maybe even a little. He looks a little bit better than he did when he won the cup. So, um, you know, if he can sustain that type of uh, production, I, I don't think he will against Colorado. But um, if he can get close to what he was doing, this is going to be a long seven-game series. I think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, go ahead. I did pick St. Louis to win this in seven. So. Woo! You know, it's and here's yeah. the thing. Last year, right about this time, the Avalanche swept the round one. They win game one against the Vegas Golden Knights. And we were all like, <laughs> How are the Avs ever gonna lose? Like who could who could beat this powerhouse of a oh, they're done. Right. <laughs> oh, they lost. <laughs> um Yeah, it's it I mean, we're right there. We're at that point again. Uh Avs are in the exact same spot they were in last year. Won the first five games of the playoffs. Now the big question is: Does this team fall and uh, it, like falter back? Does it is it in its head? I mean, they have a lot of the similar questions that the Leafs have. Uh, where you know, can they beat the the big beast of a team 
uh, in that that next round. So I, I, I look at this team. I just don't see how they go and lose this series uh, based on what they've been through, the depth that they have. I mean, the the level that their their guys are going at. As long as Nazem Kadri doesn't try to club anybody, they should be fine. <laughs> Well, that's the question mark, right? I mean, if Kadri stays in the series, they got a, they have a good chance at, at coming out on top. But, I mean, look, they were play, playing a third-string goaltender in Nashville. Now they go up against a guy who's got a Stanley Cup ring in net. Um, so it's it's whether or not those depth guys for Colorado, because we know they're, they're big four or five guys, you know, McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, Kadri, and Makar are going to show up. But it's those other guys, you know, can they step up and do it? And, right, Josh Manson gets that goal in game one to win it in overtime. So when you get, you know, offensive output from those guys to contribute, you're going to, you're going to have a pretty good shot. So, um, you know, if guys like Lekkonen, JT Comfer and, you know, Barakowski can show up, they'll, they should be able to handle this St. Louis team, I think. But you just said the St. Louis was going to win. Yeah. And I don't think these guys are going to show up for Colorado. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I got to give it to uh, I. I got to think that at this point, Kadri's over his uh, his like I'm going to run guys through the wall in the playoffs. Like it just, yeah, you just got to be extra careful. He's so important. I mean, he had four points in the first round. Uh, he's he's basically a point per game guy and a and a necessary component to force uh, the opposition to to play to not play their best players against that top line every time, right? Like, Well, yeah, he's in a contract year, too, so you think if right. he goes out and gets suspended again, like teams are going to just shell out the check, you know, the cash for him. Right, You know, right. if they think he's going to get suspended all the time. Yeah, just don't check anyone. Just, right. just let, him, let him go. Let him go on by. Uh, okay, so uh, who do you have in this? Oh, sorry, you have, you have the Blues in seven. I think I picked Yavs in, in, like, six. Six, you did. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still banking on that. Um, I, I just, I don't see the Blues. I, I know they have great depth. I think that Kemper will probably steal one here. I'm sure Bennington will steal one. He almost stole Game One. I just think, especially now, like giving predictions after a game too, like knowing what the the total is there. St. Louis had to get that first game. They had to steal one. And, uh, well, they got to get game two, right? You can't go down two games sure, to none sure. against this Colorado team now. It's just you're, you're toast if you do. Yeah, and I just wonder, you know, was that the opportunity that they missed? That Yeah, and you look at, look, the, I actually caught a stat. In, in round one, teams that, that won, or I'm sorry, teams that lost that first game won, they went four and four in the series. So half the team still managed to come back and win their series. So, yeah, yeah. you know, again, it's not out of the, the realm of possibilities, especially when you look at, you know how deep i mean look la and dallas maybe you can make an argument or for nashville those three teams maybe didn't belong and there's a reason they all lost so the rest of these teams i mean in my opinion even washington they're over 100 points i mean there's a reason they're in the playoffs so you can't count any of these teams out that's very true i mean yeah we had the most points ever uh, as a combination for all the playoff teams the most points ever uh, so these playoff teams are more talented than they've ever been because they're just, I mean, yes, they were beating up on lower talented teams. Uh, but I think that these high end teams are just, they, they just have it. And, uh, there's, 
there is not a bad team in the second round. Like sometimes you get that one team that sneaks through, and you're like, mm, like Arizona in 2013. No, if you belong, <laughs> one of you does not belong here. Right. Um, so I, I think all the teams are are very good. Um, almost every team, I think, could win the Stanley Cup. Uh, like, and it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Uh, there's, you know, it would probably it would surprise me if the Oilers won the Cup after what they went through. Um, they're probably the one team that you could put into that. Like, yeah, it would be pretty shocking to see the Oilers actually win the Cup this year. Uh, but pretty much everyone else, you go, yeah. I mean, they all like, even though the Rangers uh, weren't necessarily there in the beginning of the year, the the pieces they added throughout the year, uh, especially Andrew Cop. Uh, they've put themselves into a, a good position. I don't know if they can beat Carolina, which is where we're going next. Uh, but they they managed to sneak by, basically a like steal a series from Pittsburgh because Sidney Crosby missed a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could you could say that for sure. And then I think, in my opinion, I, I think putting Tristan Jari in there maybe was a mistake. Um, they were getting good goaltending out of Louis Domingue and. Um, not that Tristan Jari really cost them the game, but um, you know yeah. maybe rushing him in there. But again, your backs are against the wall, so what are you going to do, right? Hard position, and you'd rather lose with Jari, right? Think, Absolutely, than, than you yeah. would with Deming if you have. Because if it, you lose with Deming, then everybody's coming back. Well, right. why didn't you play Jari? You right. had him, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was just kind of a. Uh, I mean, what are you? What are you going to do? You lose, right. lose an OT in the in Game Seven. I mean, you're as close as you're going to get. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins have had a, a few times losing Game 7 in OT. I think they lost Game 7 in OT to Ottawa. Uh, when was that? In 2015? Uh, was it 2015? Maybe. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. It was the year before they won the Cup. Right. Yep, yep. Or no. No, I lied. No, sorry. Pittsburgh won in overtime. <laughs> I was like, wait, did Ottawa go to the Stanley Cup Finals? No, they didn't. Oh, Pittsburgh won in Game 7 in overtime against Ottawa. There we go. Somebody was yelling at me from like Somebody. sitting in their car like, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rewriting history over here. Um, yeah, the that Rangers-Carolina series, I I actually think that it's a, it's a really good matchup for the Rangers because they both sort of have this like old school mentality in a lot of ways. Um, I just think Carolina has maybe too much speed in the end. Like that game one was tight and Carolina almost didn't even find their way to OT, but uh, they managed to pull it out. But I, I think that they are just maybe a little too fast for the Rangers and too, too deep. Well, so here's the thing, right? I look at that Pittsburgh Rangers series, and I mean, early on, Shostak and he just he was he was a little rusty. I don't know what was going on with him, but he managed to figure it out. You you kind of saw about halfway through that that series that he he sort of found his game back again, and he, he right. got it together. And obviously, that's that's ultimately why they they came out on top. Um, but I think one thing that Pittsburgh had, and the reason they were able to go seven games uh, against New York, that I don't think Carolina has, is Pittsburgh had a top line that just dominated. Getzel and Crosby just took over early in that series, and that's why, I I mean, I think this this series went seven games, right? If Crosby and Getzel hadn't played that way, it would have been a lot shorter, in my opinion. And, you know, when you look at, yes, Sebastian Ajo is great. He, you know, 
But I think those first two periods of game one, it just it was probably the worst Carolina's had all season long, including the playoffs. And, um, you know, they just they look non-existent out there and really look like, you know, I mean, it, hey, look, Rod Brennamore had to shuffle up all of his lines. He had to move Jasper or um, what's his face um, gosh, to the top. He had to shake up the top line. Teravina was up there. Yeah. Um, you know, they ended up, you know, having basically that was the difference maker. They, they kind of got it back together. They you saw them have a little bit more jump in their step and um, ultimately tie the game up and win in an overtime, which I, I felt bad for Shesterk in that overtime goal going off lingering stick right out in front of him. I mean, what are you going to do as a goaltender? Right. And you could right. just see the defeat on his face. Like what are you like? This is the way it ends. Like, are you freaking kidding me? He, you know, Shesterk in that third period was otherworldly. He was just standing on his head. I mean, that first save against Ajo was just tremendous. And then, of course, the rebounds right there. And, and no Rangers defender anywhere to, you know, level a check or hit the stick and nothing. But um, ultimately for me, though, I, I I did pick the Rangers to win this one in six. You okay. had Carolina in six. Yep. Um, I do like the depth a little bit more for um, for the Rangers at the forward group. Now, I think defensively speaking, Carolina's got the better forward group. But offensively, I, I really think that kid line of – Capococco, who just missed, he's going to be kicking himself for the next couple of days or maybe weeks, even if they lose the series because that wide open net he missed in, in game one. But I think Capococco, Lafreniere, and 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 Heedle are going to be the difference maker in this series because I think these you know these top two lines might go toe for toe. But Lafreniere uh, is kind of he's uh, he's showing up at the right time. He's, he's right, kind of right. starting to starting to show you know why he was a, a top pick and. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, if he can become that here in the playoffs, you know, become hit that next level. Well, the Rangers are are an even da- more dangerous team. Uh, one one thing about Carolina, they uh, in eight games, fourteen different players have scored a goal for the Hurricanes. That's, that's nice. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that is. Uh, they've had four defen- uh, Yeah, four defensemen have scored goals in uh, in those eight games. And uh, one of them have scored twice, Jacob Slavin. But, yeah, it's just, I mean, guys are, they're putting up points. Um, it's very spread out. You know, nobody has more than three goals in those eight games. Uh, there's there's four guys with three goals. or No, sorry, five guys with three goals uh, in eight games, which is, I mean, that's, that's unusual, uh, Especially since you know much of much of what we've seen is there's a there's that top line that dominates, and then you're just hoping that the rest of the players can kind of just make up, you know, not let in goals. Um, so yeah, there's uh, I guess uh, you know the New York Rangers they've they have uh, they have 13 players who have a goal in in eight games as well. So they're they're on equal terms in that in in that sense. Um, They've got scoring coming from all over the place, and their their defensemen. Uh, there's only three defensemen with a goal, but of course you've got Adam Fox with three of them, so that always helps. Yeah, I mean, look outside of you know Shesterk and the X factor for me is going to be um, you know the special teams. The um, Rangers through eight games are at clicking at thirty percent, and carolina only at 13 and a half so if carolina stays out of the box that could be a huge x factor and then you know looking at you know other team stats here uh the rangers are the worst face-off team in the playoffs right now yeah i was noticing uh, that in game one there was a cup like jordan stall was like 70 <laughs> percent and right. 
and I think so. And Aho was was everyone was above fifty percent. Uh, and that's something Carolina and Pittsburgh all do well, right? I mean, Crosby, Malkin, Carter, these are good faceoff guys, and then Jordan Stahl, Aho, again, great faceoff guys. So, you know, if you're the Rangers, you gotta you gotta win those timely draws, and that that could end up costing them, you know, a, a couple couple goals here if it gets down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Stahl seventy three percent, Trocheck was seventy percent, Aho fifty five percent. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, dominating in the faceoff circle. Andrew Kopp was sixty-seven uh, percent. So maybe and he's he, a winger. Maybe they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, he probably took three faceoffs in in my but stats still, here. Doesn't tell me, but yeah, he did play center in in Winnipeg. So I mean, why not just move Strom to the wing and let Kopp take your draws? I mean, sure. Or even move Strom down to the third line and shake things up if you need to. But um, which I don't think they need to do quite yet. But still. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, thing thing is for the Rangers, they scored that goal really early in Game One, seven oh seven into the first, and no goals since then. So you know we're talking basically almost a full sixty minutes without a goal here, and uh, and and their offense wasn't exactly dynamite later in that game. Carolina was controlling the play. Um, Anti Ranta was good when he needed to be, but. They were definitely the better team later. Uh, I mean, the Rangers win if Shesterkin stands on his head. That's just that's what it is. <laughs> there's uh, there's there's no way that the Rangers win uh, having to go to Georgiev. Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's going to get to the point where Carolina is going to score a lot of goals and Shesterkin gets pulled. I think Shesterkin's a the guy they're just going to ride till the end. I mean, even if they're, you know, down three games to one, they're still going to ride yep, Shesterkin. Yep. Oh, that so. you should. Yeah, I just yeah. mean, obviously, if uh, if Georgiev is in, that means that they're getting blown out. <laughs> so, oh, right. well, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I mean, again, on the other end too, Ratna, he's he's looked good. He hasn't been like all worldly and great, but he he's made the timely saves. He hasn't given up soft goals for Carolina, and so he's done what he needs to do as a backup. And you know, I mean, he's really just a one B. So. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, I think they'll be all right. Yep, yep. That's uh, that is it. Uh, by the way, um, what do you think of? Oh boy, this is a this is a weird one. Um, there's a there's a particular like okay. So, what do you think about the fact that the coach? needs to challenge questionable goals and you get a penalty on it because it's kind of come back to bite a few teams um, in the playoffs and it's starting to come up that uh, that people aren't really thrilled with it. Like the NFL, they just go, oh, you scored a touchdown? We're just going to check it. And, uh, and, and they always check for every touchdown to be a goal. And, and now you have, whereas the NHL, it's like you got to be afraid to make sure and check it. Um, do you think that that is a bad look that the NHL or just like in the third period or something that the NHL just doesn't automatically check goals? Like, why are we penalizing someone for checking a goal? Yeah, it, I mean that's that's a very decisive topic. I mean, it's coming look, up because I, of the the what happened in the Florida Panthers right game, right. right, and I think when yeah when Andrew Burnett challenged and then they get scored on the ensuing power play, it it's, it takes the wind out of you, right? And it really can it can kill any momentum or you know attempt at coming back. But so for me, the way I look at it, right, the NFL 
NHL, the reason they, they have these challenges or the reason they, they penalize the NHL anyways is because they want to keep the game flow going, right? They don't want coaches to constantly challenge or slow the game down when they don't really need to. Um, but for me, I think instead of giving a team an ensuing power play, if you get it wrong, I think you should probably just penalize them with they lose their timeout like the NFL, right? Yeah. You get it wrong, you lose your timeout. Right. Right? Okay, cool. Now you don't put the other team, they just scored a goal, and oh, cool. Now, not only do they have all this momentum and just, just energy, oh, but then they're going to go out and get a man advantage. So now they're more than likely going to probably – I'd like to see the number to see how many times teams score on the power play after a failed challenge by an NHL coach. I bet that number would be probably above 30%, yeah. if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, so – for me, I, I think they should just lose their timeout, assuming they haven't taken. I mean, ninety-five percent of coaches just wait till the last couple minutes, anyways. So more than likely, you still have the timeout, so you lose that. Um, you know, which doesn't necessarily hurt you, but you know, more often than not, if you're challenging a goal, it's because you're behind, and then um, you know, you you need that timeout at the end, anyway. So there is some something at stake still. Right, right, really and and you would use that timeout, doing. and that timeout would quote-unquote, like, delay the game a little bit, you sure. know? So uh, I, I think it's NFL, it's the fourth quarter is where they check every touchdown. Uh, and then in the playoffs, they check every touchdown regardless of the quarter. And it just seems like, okay, I get you. Regular season, I get you. I got you. Who cares? Like, not who cares, but in the regular season, maybe you, you just you don't need the NHL looking at every single goal. That would take a long time. I get it. Like, the NFL, there's there's not as many games every day right like there's only so many games on at once nhl right. there could be there can be 15 games on in a in a matter of like a 12 hour span uh well i guess that's that's the case in the nfl too but it's only one day like it's not every day of the week where you've got multiple anyway so there's there'd be a lot more to do for the nhl uh but maybe it's just that yeah you you make it so that the it may be in the third period that goals are just checked uh, or you have to give up your timeout, whatever. But in the playoffs, just make it so that every goal is checked. It's not going to slow it down. It, like all they have to do is just go, yep, it's a goal. Like usually nine times out of 10, it's an easy call. Like it was a goal, no problem. But now I, I will say maybe what you do is you say, we will in the playoffs, we will go after every Every uh, goal, like goalie interference, was it over the line, blah, blah, blah. But we will not do the blue line. That is, like, you could make that the one that that is uh, more, like, is you have, still have to challenge. Like, was it offside three minutes ago before the, the team went into the zone? Oh, yep, it was. And you got to challenge that. They're not going to go back and look at that. I'd say that that would be a fair medium make the NHL make the call on goaltender interference, whether the puck crossed the line and then make the coach have to challenge the blue line portion. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Regular season. It, you know, the, the checking the goal thing doesn't really bother me. They don't have to, you know, we have video coaches on every team so they can rewind it back really quick. It's super easy to, well, not super easy, but it doesn't take a lot of time. Right. But I think during the playoffs, they should be checking every goal. Yeah. Um, and there shouldn't be any penalties if you get the call wrong on a challenge. I just, that's I agree. just the way I feel. Yep. I agree. Um, well, we'll, we'll see if, uh, if that impacts any further game. Um, it's just kind of, it's just kind of silly. Like it, I guess in the, in the one sense, it is one of the very obvious ways that a coach can impact the game. Uh, but maybe it, maybe it shouldn't have that kind of impact. Uh, 
Well, uh, Justin, any final thoughts before we sign off here? Oh boy, you know what? Um, uh, I I love you. I don't I don't really know what else to say <laughs> here at this point. <laughs> uh, that's fine. I'll, I'll I'll take that. I mean, uh, I guess we'll say uh, sayonara to uh, to someone that we figured would uh, would get fired, and that's Pete DeBoer. Oh yes, you, very uh, true. Yeah, you, you can't you can't lose in Vegas and uh, and stay a coach. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, clear. So he's out. Um, John Hines is going to get extended. I heard too. So. Hines got extended, yep. and you know I I heard Barry Trotz has met with the uh, he's met with the the Winnipeg Jets possibly. That was a Elliot Friedman thing, and um, I don't know who is. Oh, Lane Lambert. He is the head coach of the New York Islanders. Yeah, they they bumped. I mean, he's been on everybody's radar for yeah. the last couple of years, yeah. so that's no surprise. But it's funny when you say you want a voice change, but really you're bringing in a guy who was underneath that voice for so long, so you know there's still going to be some of that old voice there. Right, right. right. Which, which in some respects is, you know, if really you just want to change the face, but you want the same system, it's not a bad hire. Yep. Not a bad idea. Uh Sheldon Keefe, staying or getting canned? No, he'll stay and they and they basically came out and said that he was gonna stay. Um Brendan Shanahan okay. said that he he uh believes in what what the the coaching staff and management staff is doing and uh, I think they've got one more year. I think this next year will be like a true boy, you you got a breakthrough or you're gonna be gone. Um I think that's a good call. And and I think it is it's a now I don't know if Dubis would get fired. I think that Dubis might be given another another coach. Um, I mean, it's like an impossible situation. You, you basically you're planning for the next five years by giving out some of these contracts, and then COVID happens, and probably out of any team in the NHL, the Leafs are affected the most. Well, listen, based got, on the timing the fourth, of those, those the deals. fourth best team in the NHL. If you can't go out and beat Tampa Bay, I mean, you don't. That's understandable, but. You've got a good enough team on the ice that if you can't get it done at this point, it's not because you don't have the right personnel, right? It's because the coaching just can't adjust. Right. And get and I there and I felt that way top. in Game Seven. It felt like he wasn't adjusting properly, and I hope he learns uh, from his mistakes that you can't yep. just keep on smacking your head against the wall. You got to switch something <laughs> up. So I I think they'll, uh, you know, I w- what I wouldn't mind would be maybe like some some just just go out and snag some some veteran guy who he maybe was a head coach in the past doesn't want to be anymore and uh and he can come in and 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 do like work on those types of things like work on an alternate system that you can you can switch to when you need to switch something up like it just seems like maybe the leafs need that um maybe a new voice but not actually get rid of the head voice um just you know, kind of swap out an assistant, which I know they seems like they do that every year, uh, mostly because hey, you're on a pretty good team and you do well, you're probably going to get hired somewhere else. Um, yep. But seems like from a from like a tip like a five on five standpoint, they needed to make adjustments that they just didn't make, um, and we'll see what uh, what they can do here in the off season. I mean, there's a lot of teams gunning for them. There's a lot of teams gunning for those playoff spots. So. It's uh, there's never a guarantee that that you're going to be there. So you got just got to keep on keep on winning. Um, or in the Leafs' case, just win for the first time. Be great. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Justin, 
enjoy the rest of uh, of your evening. Enjoy those couple of games on tonight. And uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening this week, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you very soon. Bye bye.